Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast. We hope that this message will challenge you and encourage you on your journey of faith. If you would like to learn more about Journey Church, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and online at thejourneychurch.cc. Now enjoy the message. Well, well. Merry Christmas. Come on, y'all aren't excited. Merry Christmas. There it is. There it is. Listen, man, I have not preached in about five weeks. I have the Christmas Eve service. I was told, Pastor, you got 15 minutes. And I told Kim, worry about yourself. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Man, I love, I love, 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 I love Christmas Eve services. I really do. I really do. One of the very first Christmas Eve services I ever remember attending was actually at this church when I was probably six or seven years old. I lived about five streets down the, down the way, and our family walked up to, uh, to the candlelight service and then walked home. That was one of my very first memories of a Christmas Eve service. And uh, so they're special to me. And I want to thank you guys for coming and hanging out on Christmas Eve. We're going to be out of here in just a little bit. But before we do, i got a couple of things I want to share with you. Right? There has been so much hustle and bustle this season. Have you noticed that? Anybody else noticed that, that this year seems to be like it's a little bit more enhanced than it has the previous year? Some of y'all are like, no, everything was shopped on Amazon. Amen? It's in those stores. But I had to go to the stores, and y'all will be proud of me. I was good in the stores, y'all. I was. I was. Somebody like, why are y'all clapping for the pastor being good in the stores? You just got to be here to know. But this season has gone by, and it's been super fast. It seems almost like it's a a blur. But this moment right here is special, and let me tell you why. Because you've chosen to slow your lives down for just a few moments to sit down in the presence of our Savior and just let him love on you. Amen? It's a good thing. We've chosen to gather and to worship. We've chosen to hear the Holy Spirit this evening and to be reminded and to reflect and to celebrate the entire reason for the season, and that is the birth of our Savior, Jesus the Christ. How big of a deal is this, y'all? It changed the world forever. The birth of our Savior changed the world forever and ever and ever. I remember, listen, I remember the birth of all three of my kids. I do. Not quite like my wife remembers it, but I remember it. The birth of all three of my kids. And and I'm going to tell you, that moment, the birth of my kids, every single one of them slowed the entire world down. Just slowed it down. Like, Like nothing else was going on. Nothing else really mattered. But the birth of this child, it's beautiful. A child is a gift of love, and you get to see how two become one, right? Two become one. I, I remember being in Bible college and going and sitting before some, some pastors to be ordained as a minister, and they asked me, they said, what's your favorite Bible verse? I said, the one that says, and for this reason, he shall leave his mother and father, and the two shall become one. <laughs> that was my favorite verse. And he said, are you engaged to be married? I said, yes, I am. But do you know that the two becoming one may not be what you think it is, right? It's actually about making a child. It's about a child. It's two become 
one. That's what a child is. It's, it's two different people coming together and becoming one brand new person who has never existed before. You have never existed before in, the, in, in this world. Do you know that? You have never existed. You haven't. Two become one. The writer of Genesis tells us in Genesis 2.24, that very verse I just said, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and the two be joined together and become one flesh. In the creation of a child, two are united in one. There's a part of me in my children, and there's a part of their mother in them as well. That can never be separated out. Did you know that? You can never, never separate that out. I can never pull all of me out of my kids, or Kim can never pull all of her out of our kids. It's there forever. For the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? It's there forever. And depending on the day and the time and the attitude, we as parents love to point it out, don't we? Don't we? When our kids are acting some kind of way and we say, oh, oh, we look at our spouse, oh, that's your kid. Right? That's your kid. I say, oh, you're your mother's daughter. Oh, you act just like your dad. My oldest son, Caden, he is 16 years old. Y'all, I forgot what it feels like to be 16 years old, but I'm pretty sure it's like what he feels like. Right? Mom, where are you at? Mom, I'm sorry. Just want to say it now. I'm sorry. And my oldest son, Caden, he, he looks like his mother, but he acts like me. Right? He's quick, and he's sarcastic, and he's smart. He's a lover of, of <clears throat> excuse me, he's a lover of things black and white. He has a heart for justice. I mean, he's witty, yo. He's so witty. He really is, yeah, yeah. I remember one time I was trying to teach him a very important lesson about how you should never allow others to control your emotions because you control your emotions. No one else can control your emotions. And one day he refused to do his chores, and I got so frustrated at him. And I was going in, and I was saying, "You don't do your chores. You need to do your chores." And da 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 da. And it's frustrating me. And he looked at me. He said, "Dad, why are you allowing me to control you?" Looks like his mother acts like me. And my middle son, Micah, my middle son, Micah, he looks just like me. It's so funny. We had a picture of me when I was like his age, eight, eight years old or so, and we showed him that not too long ago. And I said, look at this. And he said, whoa. It was like looking in the mirror. He looks just like me, but he acts like his mom. He does. And his Aunt Randy somehow. But he, he, he acts like his mom. He, he has such a beautiful heart for people most days. Amen. Most days. And he loves music like his father. Like his father. My youngest, my daughter, Jojo, she looks just like her mother and me. Right? And she has a beautiful smile. And like her mother, she loves, she has a love, she has a love for those without. And she makes sure that everyone has what is right. She picks up on that. She notices things like that. The two of us have become one, and they can never be separated. They are a gift. 
And you know the moments that you're the proudest of your kids? Do you know when those moments are? When they rise above everything you thought you could be. When they take that step up and they're doing life better than you could do life. And you look at them and you're so, so proud of them. And you go, yes, that's, that's right. And do you know when you get so frustrated with your kids? Do you know when you're the most frustrated with your kids? Parents, you can tell me if I'm wrong, all right? It's when you look at them and you see you. Isn't that right? You see you, you're so mad at them, but you're not really mad at them. You're mad because their little faces are a mirror and you're seeing yourself. Isn't that right? It's so true. But our children are gifts. And my kids know this. Even if I'm frustrated with them, or I take a remote controller away from my son aggressively, like I did this one, he let me know. You took that away aggressively. You ever taken something away from your kid aggressively? Just never thought he would tell me that was aggressively. He's very good at explaining those things. But, but, but even in my frustration, my kids know, they know that I love them. See, our kids are a gift. And they're more precious than anything that we own. They are gifts not only to us, but listen, they're a gift to the world. Do you hear me, church? Your child is a gift to the world. Some of y'all are like, where's the return policy? <laughs> but your kids are a gift to the world. Not any of our kids, other people's kids. We have great kids. Amen? Come on, church. Amen. Your kids are in the back on the tables. Amen? Okay. But they're not only a gift to us, they're gifts to the world. Do you know why? Because, listen, listen, this is why. Because they are the future writers. They're the future doctors. They're the future lawyers. They're the future teachers. They're the future pastors. They're the future entrepreneurs. They're the future tradesmen and tradeswomen. They're the future presidents and senators and commanders and officers. And hopefully, they make the world a much better place than we have made it. Amen? So I can't help but think that just like we dream for our kids, that we have a dream for our kids, I can't help but think that Mary, the mother of Jesus, had a dream for her child as well. You know the story when the angels come to her and say, Mary, you found favor with God, and you're going to bear the, the Savior of the world. Do you know, it didn't say anything else to her. They didn't tell her how that was going to unfold. They didn't tell her how it was going to play out. They just said, you're going to give birth to the Messiah. And so you got to think, Mary probably had a bunch of things going on in her head. Like, I wonder how Jesus is going to be the Messiah. I wonder how he's going to save the world. I wonder how he's going to deliver people. Maybe, maybe Jesus, maybe Jesus will be a mighty commander of a large army. And he'll overthrow the Roman government, right? Isn't that the type of dreams that we have for our kids? Maybe, maybe he will be a political leader, but a good one. Maybe he'll be a good political leader and, and rally people and influence people to do right. Maybe that was her thought about her son Jesus. And every time she looked at him, she saw something, something different, something different. How would you like to raise Jesus? You know, when your kids tell you you're doing something wrong, you're like, whatever. Imagine raising Jesus. <laughs> hey, Mom, 
You know that ain't right. What are you going to do, ground Jesus? You going to tell Jesus to go to his room? <laughs> I mean, do we, we don't even think about that, right? We don't even think about that. But at 12 years old, Jesus was in the temple with Pharisees and teachers of the law who were much older than him, and he was schooling them. He was asking them questions. He's so perfect. You imagine Mary saying, why can't you be more like your father, your stepdad? (laughs) Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 24. Just a few more minutes. It says, and this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. Y'all say Joseph. All right. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. No matter what you say. That's weird. Amen. Okay, I'm just, somebody like, no, it's perfectly natural. Really? Really? Okay. Verse 19, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. That man had more integrity and character than most. Joseph, I swear, it's God's baby. And Joseph's like, well, if I make a public claim, then she gets stoned to death. And I do love her, so let's break this off quietly. Let's not Facebook it, Instagram it. Verse 20 says, and as he... As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. For he will save his people from their sins. For he what? Will Save. Did you know it said he will save? It didn't say he'll try really hard and he might get some and not others. It says he will save his people from their sins. So, so watch this. In verse 22 it says, and all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. In verse 23, and this is what the prophet said, look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and they will call him what church? Come on church. They call him what? Emmanuel, that's just a fun word to say. Go ahead and say it one more time. Say Emmanuel. Isn't that a fun word to say? It's a fun name, Emmanuel. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God is what, church? God is with us. You're going to call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And it says, and Joseph woke up and did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Emmanuel, God is what? God is with us. Emmanuel, God is with us. Remember when two become one and never again can they be separated, right? Isn't that how that works, right? Two become one. You can't pull you out of your kid, can't pull your wife out of your kid. Two become one forever. It's one. And then you have the same thing where supernatural, miraculously, Mary conceives by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so in this moment, you have divinity and humanity locked in together. Divinity and humanity locked in forever. Forever divinity 
divinity is in humanity, and forever humanity is now in divinity. Did you know, sitting around the throne of God, the triune God, there's God the Father, God the Son, who is human, and God the Holy Spirit, forever humanity woven into the fabric of divinity. Emmanuel, God is with us. How was, we were driving in the car, was it yesterday, right? We were driving the car yesterday with my holiday cheer. Merry Christmas, everybody. And I was meditating on this message, and I had this thing pop in my head. I'd never heard, never heard it before. And I kept saying Emmanuel. Kim was in the store, and she was doing something in the store. And I kept saying, Emmanuel. I was in the car, Emmanuel, 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 Emmanuel. And then it hit me, Emmanuel. And then it hit me. And in man you dwell. In man you dwell. Emmanuel, God is with us. And, and because of the life of Christ and the death and the crucifixion, right? The crucifixion, the death and the resurrection. He's not only Emmanuel, God is with us, but he is in man you dwell. He dwells within us. The two become one. Look what it says in John chapter 1. Verses 1 through 4, and then we'll look at verse 15 or 14. It says this. It says, and in the beginning, the Word already existed. Who is the Word, church? Come on, who's the Word? It's not the Bible. Come on. It's not the new King James, the King James, or NLT, or NIV. The Word is Jesus. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God. Y'all say with God. The Word was with God, and the Word what? Was God. Right? Keep going. It says he existed in the beginning with God. It says, and God created everything through him. Look, God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. Next verse. It says, and the word gave what, church? Life to what? Everything. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. Look at verse 14. And it says, and so the word became human and made his home among us. And he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And he, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the father's one and only son. The child, Jesus was a child of love, a love for a world, a love for creation. God's love for creation was the, the, the byproduct that was, was Christ the Savior, the baby Jesus. Eight pounds, nine ounces in his golden diaper. So half of y'all laugh because y'all seen the movie. The other half of you are like, I'm not going to laugh, but I have seen the movie. He was, he was a product of love. God loved the world so much that he gave his son, his son forever woven into humanity, humanity into divinity. It's a child of love. Love of a father for his creation. You see, he looks like us, but he acts like his father. Conceived through love, 
grew up and expressed love and loved the world even to his death. The cross of Jesus Christ is not about God's wrath. The cross of Jesus Christ is about God's love, and it's showing the love to which he's willing to show. It's showing the, the, the road of love, the love that, that, that leads to death. You see, that's the crazy thing about love, isn't it? I mean, Rob preached on this a couple weeks ago. Isn't that the crazy thing about love? That's the thing. Love is hard. Come on. You want to know what's hard? Living like Jesus is like loving like Jesus. That's the hard part. How many? I want to love half of y'all. Amen. Well, all of you in here, but you know the other half out there. The hardest thing about living like Jesus is loving like Jesus. Conceived through love, grew up and expressed love, and loved the world to his death. He became the Savior. He became what the world needed. Listen, listen, he was born into sin, but he would cause us to be born again. Mary wrapped him up in, in, in clothing and in rags, but he wraps us up in a robe of righteousness. Emmanuel, God is with us, in man you dwell. God is in us. See, you will never be outside the reach of God's infinite love. Do you hear me? You will. You'll never be outside the reach of God's infinite love. And the proof of that, do you know what the proof of that is? The proof is Jesus. There's a verse in Romans 8, 38 and 39. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Not your past, not your future, not angels nor demons. Right? Hell, nothing can separate you through the love of God revealed in Christ Jesus. You'll never outrun his love. You'll never be outside the reach of God's infinite love or his infinite grace ever. I'll leave, wrap up with this last scripture right here. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. This is so good. Isaiah 9, verse 6 says, for unto us a child is what? Do you all remember Charlie Brown Christmas? you all remember that? Oh, we watched it the other day. Do you know what I realized? <laughs> it's so boring. <laughs> Anybody, you watch it, you like when you're a kid, you're like, oh, it's so special. You watch it, you're like, wow, this is boring. But there's this one part, remember the part in the stage? Is it Linus in that? Linus who gets up there and he reads, right? And for unto us a child is born, right? Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called what? Not president. Hear me. Not president, not senator, not commander-in-chief, not general. For his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father and Prince of what? Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. The birth of Jesus is the proof of God's love for you and for me. And the beautiful thing about that whole thing, Christ coming as a baby, Christ living as a man, Christ dying, it's got nothing to do with what you bring to the table. Come on, aren't you glad about that? Because if it had anything to do with what you bring to the table, then what you don't bring to the table messes it all up. It's done 
It's finished by God, and it's received by you. That's why we celebrate. That is why we celebrate today. It is the birth of love, the proof of God's love. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. His name will be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Let me ask you a question as we wrap. I'm going to pray for you real quick. But let me ask you a question. Which, which do you need him to be for you right now? It's been a busy holiday season. It's been a busy year. Some of you are like, <laughs> it's been a busy decade. But which do you need him to be? Do you need him to be wonderful for you? Do you need him to be your counselor? God knows I need Jesus to be my counselor. <laughs> I'm crazy, y'all. <laughs> my everlasting father. I need him to be my peace. Do me a favor. Would you bow your heads right where you're at and close your eyes? I'm going to wrap the service right here. Told you it'd be 45 minutes. We started three minutes late. I got time. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for your grace, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. And, Father, we thank you that we get to come together tonight to celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus the Christ. And as we go throughout this next day, next couple of days, God, as we're unwrapping presents and as we're spending time with family, Father, I just pray, God, that you would just remind us what the purpose of this whole season is about. That we give a gift because you first gave us a gift. That the gifts that we give to our kids, to our spouses, to our family members are expressions of, of love. Lord, let us be reminded that Christ is the expression of love given to us. Father, we thank you. And we worship you. I pray for everybody in this room right now. Those who have to go home and still wrap gifts because they waited too long. Father, be with them, Lord. <laughs> Let us all sleep peacefully tonight. Let us all wake up refreshed and ready to celebrate together tomorrow. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen. Merry Christmas, Journey Church. We'll see you next week.